Welcome, welcome to the second edition of Bunker Banter. I am your co-host, Tim Paragon, joined by my pal, the Chief, Dennis Dungey. Denny, how are we doing on this 2-2-2-2-2-2 day? Wow, 2 2 2 2 Welcome back, Timmy. Excited to be here. Uh, get, feeling the love from our listeners out there. Certainly appreciate you all joining in, downloading uh, Apple Podcasts, following us on Instagram, and all the likes of that stuff that you know about that I don't. So looking forward to today's episode. Yeah, we've definitely gotten some good feedback from some of our members. So the buzz is there for the Bunker Banter. So we had to uh, follow it up with our, our weekly spot here. Uh, I would like to start it off with some college basketball stuff because that seemed to get some traction uh, from one member in particular uh, from our first episode, and that is the PGA legend Ron Beck, who is a uh, fighting Illini guy. And uh, after my Scarlet Knight uh, hyping of last week, he, uh, you know, with the lead-in of the Illinois Rutgers game, we placed a little friendly wager on the game. The bet was if Illinois beat. Rutgers. I would owe him some Lou Malnati's pizza, even though I don't know if that constitutes as pizza, the deep dish style out there. And if Rutgers won, I would get some Jersey Mike's. Very fitting for both uh, Jersey and Illinois uh, fan bases there. And uh, I'm sure you did not catch the game, but Rutgers uh, stampeded all over Illinois at the rack. So I got a nice a uh, defeated picture of Ron Beck with his Jersey Mike's, or my Jersey Mike's, gift card in hand. Well, sorry to hear that, Ron Beck. Rutgers is on a roll. Uh, congratulations to you. Hope you enjoy that, uh, whatever you're winning, that you said you're getting there. But, uh, you know, good luck to Rutgers as they roll into the into March here and into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Bracketology came out, the latest update, uh, I think, this morning, and they are currently a 10 seed which I am very happy about. Still have four games to go, so we have a little bit of a uh, little bit of road ahead of us, but and of course the Big Ten tournament, but I'm feeling much better about them than I was uh, three weeks ago. You know, the four straight victories against ranked teams, first time ever that an unranked team has done so, has me feeling very, very confident about my Scarlet Knights, and I will be in attendance this Saturday at the Rack against Wisconsin. Well, sounds, sounds exciting. Uh... You know, I think back, you're, you're in Connecticut, we're in Husky land here, and, and being uh, born and raised just outside of Philadelphia, you know, you, you see people that are scared to wear uh, jerseys into that territory. So, uh, hope you don't wear your Rutgers jersey around here because the UConn fans are a little rowdy. Yeah, well, big game tonight for the Huskies with uh, Villanova coming to the XL Center, and I will actually be in attendance with our good pal, Johnny Pickles. Johnny uh, Pickles, yeah. taking it to the UConn game, wow. Yeah, we're going to go down, we're going to have some dinner beforehand, get uh, get nice and ready, and I think UConn can, can certainly take Villanova. I've seen them play a few times, and they're a classic Villanova guard-happy guard team, and if they shoot well, they're going to play well. If they don't, you can kind of beat them up a little down low. So I think UConn can, uh, can handle them at home tonight. So it'll be, it'll be fun. We'll have fun. Villanova, remind me. That's a Philadelphia area school. Maybe we should throw a little wager on the game. Wow, I'm, I'm going into UConn territory now. We can, we can do, what do you want, a cheesesteak, Denny? Cheesesteak it is. <laughs> I don't know what I get. Friday lunch cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks, there we go. Another wager, man. Alright, alright, so we, uh, you heard it here first. We have another wager on Bunker Banter. Uh, last little bit I think we'll touch on here with the college hoops is uh, the brawl. Basket brawl. Yeah. Wow. 
basketball. Juwan Howard just getting fired up yet again. This time he threw a, I'm not even going to call it a punch. It was like a little open hand slap. Little kitty cat slap. Yeah, little kitty cat slap. And uh, this is not the first time that he's kind of gotten into a scuffle with an opposing coach. The uh, Mark Turgeon incident last year got him in some some hot water, and I uh, saw so this morning it looks like he's suspended for the main remainder of the regular season, so he will not be uh, at the Rutgers game on Wednesday when Rutgers goes to Ann Arbor. And they're also missing a couple of their forwards as well for, I think, just one game. And not the only brawl that happened this weekend. I saw, uh, I think on ESPN, there was uh, reports that Oral Roberts and North Dakota State had a brawl. I saw late last night there was a brawl in a ladies' Uh, a ladies college game, a girl got a rebound and uh, the other the defender picked her up and body slammed her in the middle of the lane. What's going on in the sports world? Man. People are just fired up and I love it. I, uh, you know, you hate to see the dirty play and that kind of thing, but I like a little fire in my sports, sports contest. Yeah, and I would just say back to the Juwan Howard situation, it sounded like he was a little upset over a timeout that was called with his team being down or potentially a blowout at that point with only a few seconds left. But uh, I guess there's some unwritten rules in the game, but I was all, I've always kind of lived by the, uh, by the mantra of, you know, if you're frustrated by something, go do something about it. So uh, if Michigan would have played a little better, maybe that situation doesn't happen, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. I think they came in as a preseason number two, or they were in the top 10 in the preseason, and they are, I think they're 14 and 11, and, you know, kind of on the bubble, and they haven't uh, performed up to their expectations, and just frustration seems to be boiling over a little bit for a talented uh, but underperforming Michigan team. So we'll see what they have left in the tank the rest of the way, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely not a good scene uh, over the weekend. Yeah, so college basketball is ramping up. Obviously, March Madness right around the corner. Uh, football season just finished up. We've covered that on our last podcast with the Super Bowl. Uh, one thing that got underway this weekend, though, probably not too many people on our listening uh, arena here, uh, but the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl of NASCAR racing, got underway this weekend. Uh, pretty exciting finish. Happened to be out to dinner with my family, um, but I was kind of paying attention to the TV the last few laps. Uh, Austin Sindrick, uh, 23 years old, a rookie driver, taking home the Daytona 500 crown. But as I said, pretty exciting finish, him holding off some guys. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I was talking with Lauren and our PGA Hope ambassador. Uh, we were out to lunch last Friday discussing some PGA Hope things. And we were talking about athletes or what could really be considered a sport. But it's pretty interesting when you see the, in, uh, the in-car cameras and, and how much in control those guys are of those cars. Uh, at those high speeds. It's just amazing to see. Uh, so I would, even though they're not uh, maybe exerting a whole lot of energy visually, uh, they're definitely in control and, and they're pretty good athletes. Yeah, no, I think that they're, they kind of fall in that category of a skill, not necessarily uh, somebody who's a freak of nature athletically, like you would see in basketball or something like that. But uh, you know, you, you hear, you've heard the stats before about how much weight that they can lose and how much, you know, how they have to stay hydrated while they're driving because it's so obviously intense and they're quick twitch mu muscles, um, you know, reaction times. I mean, they're flying around. I mean, I've never been to a uh, race before. We had one kind of close to where I grew up, 
driven past it a few times, and it's, it's supposed to be a fun time, and, you know, their fan base is probably one of the more dedicated fan bases out there. I mean, they pack every race, and obviously we don't see it as much up here because it's more of a southern uh, type of thing, but they uh, they certainly go all out for their races, and like you said, the Daytona 500 is, is as big as it gets for them, so... Uh, nice weekend of that, and I, I think racing is actually kind of seeping a little more, bit more into the mainstream. I know this Formula One, there's this Netflix documentary that's been out there, and a lot of people have gotten into it in that way. I mean, I, you know, I collect baseball cards and football cards, and uh, on some of those podcasts, people are collecting Formula One cards. So when that starts to happen, it catches my attention a little bit. So maybe NASCAR uh, picks up some steam just based off of some F1 buzz. We shall see. Yeah, you can use your tax return to get a couple of those F1 cards. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot, a lot going on in sports. Obviously, we had the Genesis over the weekend. I caught a little bit of it uh, Friday afternoon, actually, when I got, got home from work. Um, I think some of it got overshadowed a little bit by all the, the Phil commentary. Uh, I know Rory chimed in and was very critical. Some of the other guys seemed to kind of roll their eyes at it. Um, do you catch any of it or just more of the drama of Phil? Uh, I didn't catch any of the Genesis. I did follow along a little bit. Uh, finishing in T2 was Cameron Young. Uh, Cam, for those of you that don't know, Cameron Young is the son of uh, PGA professional David Young, who is the head golf professional at Sleepy Hollow, not too far from us here in the Connecticut section. Um, so exciting to see somebody that you know. Uh, on the leaderboard there and, and having a successful season. Um, but yeah, you know, the Phil Mickelson comments obviously uh, shaking things up, but uh, I, th I think he kind of put himself in a little bit of a, uh, an awkward place there. So um, interesting to see how things will play out, but obviously it sounds like the Saudi tour is uh, not making the uphill climb that it seemed to be maybe a week or two ago. So. Seems to be dead in the water. I mean, based on the comments that I saw in that interview that Phil gave, I mean, he was kind of just using it as leverage for his own personal gain and things that he wanted to see from, you know, whether the PGA Tour or holding back the rights for the players and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he felt that his brand was, you know, bigger than the tour and he kind of wanted that back and was using the Saudi Tour and not really caring about any of their you know, human rights issues and just seeing it as an opportunity for him to possibly gain. And I think the, the other tour players, you know, were on the fringe about it to begin with. And then seeing that, their biggest backer make those comments really just turned everybody off. And it seems like it's, seems like it's dead in the water. So uh, I think that might have been the ultimate track of, of where that tour was going anyway. But now it seems to officially be dead and gone. Yeah, the PGA Tour is a beast. You don't mess with it. Um, and, you know, to that point, Phil has earned a lot of money on the PGA Tour, so kind of to see him do that was, you know, I guess a little bit shameful, but hey, to each their own. Uh, we had another, uh, another player out there playing this weekend on the PGA Champions Tour um, from Southington, Rob LaBritz, um, you know, qualified over this winter um, as a PGA professional, but now has full-time status on the Champions Tour. So uh, Rob has played in a couple of our events here in the section. Uh, he's the director of golf down at Glen Arbor. Um, but always, again, exciting to see somebody you know or, uh, you know, recognize out there to be uh, near the top of the leaderboard in the top 30 finish. So congratulations to Rob and best of luck to him as he uh, moves on over these next couple weeks. 
Yeah, and I'm sure everybody's seen all the well-deserved press that he's gotten over the last month or so, or however long it's been since it was, you know, he did qualify. And like Dan said, we've seen him a few times on our, on our uh, the events that we run, and he couldn't be a nicer guy. So I was certainly happy for him to to get off to a good start there. Uh, last little bit of sports I think we have for this uh, edition of Bunker Banter is MLB. I mean, I think we touched on it a little bit last time. The Super Bowl ends, and everybody, or at least me and you are kind of ready to go for spring training in mid-February and getting that the springtime feel going. It always seems like that kind of kicks off the transition from winter into spring. And right now we have uh, really, I would say, no sign of baseball. I mean, they want this deadline of February 28th to kind of get the CBA going. They're actually meeting every day this week, which is a change of pace because usually they just show up for five minutes and, you know, spit in each other's faces and then walk away. So... Yesterday, they were at least in the same room for four hours. Uh, the reports were that some of that, or at least a lot, I think a lot of that time, they weren't really uh, together as far as the owners and the MLBPA. They were kind of talking amongst themselves and figuring out where to go. Uh, but I think it's a good sign that they you know, didn't just walk away after 10 minutes. Still seem to be very far apart on the competitive balance tax, which is, I think, the biggest issue there, along with the arbitration stuff. Um, and some of the, the bonus pool money for there and the service time manipulation. So they have a lot to tackle in this now, I guess, five, four or five day window uh, to get the season started on time. And I, for one, do not want to have a shortened season uh, say, you know, that we had during the COVID year. It's just that's not baseball's style. So we got to have a full season. They got to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, a lot of meetings this week, uh, I'm sure. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it's still the MLB and the, not the NLB, no longer baseball. Uh, but maybe Juwan Howard can be the uh, MC of that event and let him in there and just kind of brawl a little bit. And whoever comes out at the end is who wins the agreement. I, listen, whatever it takes to get these guys going, they got to do something. I, I think it's just going to look the further and further it goes. If they start canceling uh, regular season games and, you know, there's so much going on with other sports and, and just, you know, distractions from life now that I think baseball is already one of those sports that's, you know, kind of firmly behind football and maybe even the NBA at this point uh, that people are just going to tune it out. I mean, I, as a diehard baseball guy, will never do that, so I'll just continue to, to follow them whenever they do play again. But I think they, they have to be aware that their sport is not exactly in a position where we can just start making everybody uh, upset about what's going on and expect people to come back. Well, good luck to them this week, uh, you know, and hopefully they come to a resolution where we can get uh, MLB back out there, spring training, the crack of the wooden bats going, because um, it's always exciting. Uh, I don't watch too much baseball during the season, but obviously as we get to the end in the playoff race, uh, all exciting stuff. So, yeah. So that kind of wraps up our, our little banter portion of Bunker Banter. So we'll transition now into some of our section-related activity going forward. Uh, Denny, I think we'll start off with the workshop, our March 1 workshop. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, so the March 1 workshop, um, you know, we're going to kind of dis discuss employee recruitment, retention, um, a couple other things. Uh, Jonathan Gold's got a, a great presentation to share and I think that's going to spark some good conversation for those in attendance. Uh, you know, obviously looking to help you, the golf professional, grow your career and be a, be a value and an asset to your facility. So a lot of good discussion. That's going to be led by Ian Marshall of Shuttle Meadow 
Andrew Campbell from Black Ball Club, Brian Kaiser from Long Meadow, and uh, as I said, Jonathan Gold is going to be there as well. Uh, we're going to welcome new career consultant Dave Wilson to that session as well. So look forward to hearing from those guys, and you know, hopefully we have some open communication there too with those in attendance. And then following that, we also have the uh, a junior program. Uh, designing, planning, and executing a junior development program. Evan Lambert's going to be the uh, presenter there, March 15th, another opportunity for some MSR credits. Um, not long after that, we have the PGA Open Instructor Training, Monday, April 18th. That's going to be at the first tee. Uh, that's a good chunk of credits for that. Uh, you know, obviously, PGA Hope near and dear to my heart as I'm the coordinator for that, but uh, you know, like where we're going with the program, we got some exciting things coming up this year. As I said earlier in the show, we met with our PGA ambassador, Ralph Mayo. Um, so just kind of discussing all things PGA Hope. So love to see where that's going. Um, hopefully we can get some fundraising from our uh, golf professionals this year. Um, one of those opportunities is going to be Patriot Golf Days. Uh, you're going to be hearing about that from the PGA of America here shortly. Um, but the big, the big uh, news from that is that all the funds raised here in Connecticut are going to stay in Connecticut and support Folds of Honor and the PGA Hope. Uh, so a 50-50 split going to each of those programs. But as I said, it's going to stay here within the Connecticut section boundaries, all those funds raised. So you'll be hearing more about that on a future podcast and coming, as I said, coming from PGA National and then also from the section here. So... Uh, as I said, near and dear to my heart, my challenge always to our golf professionals is to come take part in one session. And uh, once they do that, I, I can guarantee they're going to be back. I know you've been to a session and seen the impact uh, that it has on the veterans that are there. But not only that, it has an impact on the PGA professionals that are taking part in the program, too. Yeah, I mean, I think the, anything PGA Hope we do is, I think that's our, our most uh, impactful program that we've done over the last few years. And it's you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough, like you said, to be there to a few of them. I've, I would like to go to more, but that's during usually the junior golf season where I'm out and about. Uh, but certainly anything we can do to help the veterans who, who helped our country and, and have, you know, some of them obviously have paid the ultimate sacrifice. But I think giving them a place to go and just mix it up with fellow veterans and kind of get back out there seems to really resonate with them and, and just to see how happy they are to get back out there and maybe even fall in love with golf is, is, is just a little added bonus to, to what the program offers. So uh, nice to see that uh, adjustment on how the funds are allocated for, for both of those programs. And just to kind of go back to that March 1 workshop, it'll be 10 to 12 at the first tee in Cromwell. Uh, and I heard Ian's paying for lunch, so that'll be nice too. <laughs> Super. That's, that's news to me, but man, yeah. I'm hoping Ian's listening in. Works a couple extra hours on the lesson tee this weekend or leading up to that event. So uh, looking forward to that. And cheesesteaks are my favorite. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe a seafood tower or two. Seafood tower or two would be good also. And I would like to throw in, uh, for those of you who were looking forward to the Junior League workshop uh, today, we did reschedule that to March 22nd. Uh, we realized that some of you are still out of town. And the school break is this week, so we want as many people there for Junior League as possible to uh, discuss some of the new things, uh, particularly play days, and we should have a good idea of league formation by then. So March 22nd, we'll be back at the church. Brian Bain will be here. I will be here. Uh, so we have a pretty good docket of, of workshops and education events for the next month or so. So buckle up, I guess. Buckle up. Buckle and up. And last thing is Tuesday, April 12th, spring meeting. 
Golf Club of Avon. Hope to see you there. We're going to have a golf opportunity uh, following the meeting. Uh, so you'll be hearing more about that here in the next coming, uh, the upcoming weeks. So uh, last thing I have is uh, the job fair. Some of you probably, or hopefully most of you saw in this past week's e-update, we are holding a, or facilitating a virtual job fair, you know, with everything going on in the world as far as employment and uh, pretty much every industry has been affected by, by this uh, lack of, you know, finding employees. We want to do everything we can to help you guys. We think a virtual setting will allow for us to get the most participation and the most people to see what you have to offer. And we'll cover everything from food and beverage and, you know, bag staff and whoever, whatever you really want to advertise and post. Uh, and we'll kind of set up, you know, virtual portals is what we'll call it. So if, if you're a club who's interested, you would, you know, whatever your preferred platform is, whether you have a Zoom account or Google Meet, uh, you would just need to set up the time and date that you were available. Uh, send it, send that information to me, as long with uh, any information you want to add to that, whether that's specific positions you want to post or advertise, or just how you kind of want to structure your time. So if you're available on Wednesday from 3 to 5 p.m., that'll kind of go on our master list that we'll then distribute to our, our contacts and do some some legwork for you, but certainly you uh, are responsible for doing some of the legwork because you have con contacts as well. So we want to bring as, as many people as we can to you and, you know, they would join via the link that you provide for your Zoom or Google Meet. They would come in, they'd be able to kind of ask some questions. You would, you would have whatever representatives from the club you wanted to have on there. Uh, I wouldn't say it's an interview per se, but I think that's where you lead into, you know, interviews in the future. So. Uh, as many clubs as we can get, that would that would be great. I mean, we have no limit on that because you know, with the virtual setting, it's it's kind of limitless. So uh, anybody who's interested in participating and getting really into the nuts and bolts of how it's going to go, uh, reach out to me. Uh, either call us here at the section office or shoot me an email, and we'll be glad to get that situated. But we definitely want to have that going uh, within the next week or so, so we can have that list of participating clubs to advertise to our database, but should be a good way to hopefully get you some people to, to work for you this summer. Yeah, should be good. Good opportunity for the facilities to, to meet and, and greet with some people uh, that are interested in helping their facilities get to the top. Yeah, that's, and that's, what we're, that's, that's it. Just help you. Help us help you. Help us help you. That's about all I got, Danny. I don't know if you have anything else. I, I don't really have anything else. Like and subscribe and follow us on social media and we'll be back next week, March 1st, uh, with our usual banter. Uh, we'll introduce you guys to David Wilson. We'll be live at the first tee. So stay tuned for, uh, for more Bunker Banter.